0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis on how our problem of sin will destroy our peace and how the Lord Jesus Christ brought us peace with God. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org or on iTunes. Recently, Tom Cantor made national news, and we wanted to share this information with you. Tom Cantor is the president and operator of the world's original creation museum in Santee, California, which is a suburb of San Diego, California. And Tom Cantor spoke out to the media about how the San Diego Museum Council had rejected the Creation and Earth History Museum from joining its Board of Museums, which would give the museum more exposure and advertising in San Diego and as well as through other museum networks. And the San Diego Museum Council supports other local museums that are based out of houses and have evolutionary or secular museum explanations of creation but they rejected the Creation Earth History Museum even before we were notified. Now, the press contacted Tom Cantor to let them know that we were rejected before we were officially even notified. Now, only eight of the 28 Museum Council members visited the Creation Earth History Museum, and they all had very complimentary things to say about the museum, but a two-thirds vote was required for the Creation Museum to be added to the San Diego Museum Council. And this showed extreme partiality, prejudice, and bias against God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the creation science message that's in the Bible. Tom Cantor said, I'm afraid we're being opposed for nothing more than the old prejudice against God and that we aren't aware of any other museum being discriminated against. But the Creation and Earth History Museum's mission still stands the same, which is to provide scriptural and scientific evidence that reinforces the biblical account of creation and supports the body of Christ in fulfilling its commission to make the Creator an unavoidable issue to the lost people in our nation and world. Now, because of this news story, we'd like to offer you Tom Cantor's 48-page booklet, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. Tom Cantor's not just a CEO, not just a radio Bible teacher or ministry founder or pastor. He's also a scientist, and this 48-page book talks about the scientific fallacy of evolution and Tom Cantor's personal search for the truth of science, the scriptures, and who God is. We'd like to offer you this book, For a donation of any amount this month, Tom Cantor's 48-page booklet, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, you're going to love this 48-page booklet. Call us today, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. You can also go to our website, friendshipwithgod.org, donate online, and just put in the notes section that you want the book, from Tom Cantor on creation, creation science, anything like that, we'll go ahead and send that booklet to you for a donation of any amount this month at friendshipwithgod.org. Donate online. Ask for this booklet, Creation Scientist by Tom Cantor. So donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, or again, call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Get this great book. Now, if you'd like some information about the Creation and Earth History Museum, who Tom Cantor is the president of, and he also operates this wonderful museum that's been going since the 1970s and has been expanded over and over again. It's a wonderful, beautiful museum. If you'd like more information, go to CreationSD, like San Diego, SD, creationSD.org, creationSD.org. Reserve your tour today, and you can come in and check out this wonderful museum that Tom Cantor operates and is the president of. If you'd like more information about Tom Cantor, go to friendshipwithgod.org for all free messages and downloads of all his teaching and materials, or you can search for him on iTunes, and you can also find Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries and Tom Cantor on Facebook. Now, here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the life of Abraham on the Friendship with God radio program.
1: We had no peace. We had no peace with other people. We had no peace within ourselves. And we had no peace with God. But the Lord Jesus Christ solved the problem. That's what he did. By making us first to have peace with God. Like it says in Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he brought us peace with God, then he brought us peace within ourselves as it says in 1 John 3, 20, For if our heart condemn us, in other words, if our heart says, No peace because I'm condemning you, then it says, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Now, when he brought us peace with God, he also brought us peace with others. As well, as it says in Proverbs sixteen seven. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him so how did the lord jesus christ make or bring us peace with god well as it says having made peace through the blood of his cross it was through the blood of his cross the blood of his cross that was shed on that little mountain in jerusalem called calvary and there he made there's where he made our peace with god you might want to turn to psalm 85 verse 9 through 10 because in psalm 85 verse 9 it speaks about what happened at calvary what happened at that mount calvary in there in jerusalem that brought this peace here's what it says psalm 85 9 through 10 surely his salvation is nigh nigh them that fear him that glory may dwell in our land mercy and truth are met together righteousness, and peace have kissed each other. So when it speaks in this verse about his salvation, that's speaking about God's salvation. In the Hebrew, you know, the Hebrew word Yeshua means Jesus, and this Hebrew word, and Yeshua has within it the word salvation, which is appearing here. So God brought his salvation, or his salvation, his Jesus near. And he brought it to that glory might dwell in the land, the land of Israel. And so from this verse here, we see that we can picture, we picture. there's a wonderful scene here. It's like drama. It's like a theatrics or something like that. Anyway, we have in here two persons. We have over here Mr. Mercy, or M- Mrs. Mercy, and then we have over here Mr. Truth. And Mr. Truth says, man has sinned, and that's the truth. And he is deserving of hell. And that's the truth. And then we have Mrs. Mercy. And Mrs. Mercy, she's stretching out her hands. And she says, but man needs mercy to not be cast into hell for his sins. And then we have another two persons there. And so those two persons, first of all, you know, mercy and truth, they're not reconciled. They're at odds with each other. No agreement. But we have so mercy extending her hands. She's pleading for the mercy of man. Truth is saying, I won't hear it until the demands of truth, which that man has sinned and he deserves to die. He deserves to be cast into hell. Until that's been satisfied, I won't hear it. So truth looks at mercy and turns his back and says to mercy, no mercy until truth is satisfied. And then we have two other persons who are standing there at Calvary. And the one person there is Mr. Righteousness. And Mr. Righteousness is saying man is not righteous man is not right he doesn't think right he doesn't say right things he doesn't do right things he's just not right and payment must be made for his unrighteousness judgment must fall for man's unrighteousness and so he says he turns to mrs mercy and he says i won't hear of your mercy until The truth is satisfied, and the truth is is that man has sinned. And so we have this tremendous conflict going on. And like I said, there's Mrs. Peace. And she's also stretching out her arms to Mr. Righteousness. And Mrs. Peace is saying, but man needs peace. Please allow him to have peace with God. And Mr. Righteousness turns back to Mrs. Peace and says, I won't hear of it. I won't hear of your peace, no peace, until the demands of righteousness are met. So there's no reconciliation between these two people, between Mrs. Peace and Mr. Righteousness. So on the one side, we have Mrs. Mercy and Mrs. Peace, and they're pleading over the other side to Mr. Truth and Mr. Righteousness, and they're standing there, and there's no reconciliation until the judgment demands of truth and the payment demands of righteousness have been met. And then all of a sudden, it happens that between them, between them, Roman soldiers come. And they drive nails into the hands and into the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they do, blood spurts out, out of the hands, out of his feet. It's the blood of his cross, as referred to in Colossians. And those Roman soldiers now have now lifted up that cross in the air. And then they drop it in the hole with such a mighty jolt that all his bones become out of joint. And now, from the cross, his blood continues to flow. It's the blood of his cross, and the blood of his cross is now making peace. It's reconciling from Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. And suddenly, the person named Truth turns, and, and he sees the blood, and he sees that demands have been met demands for teeth, and suddenly the person named righteousness, he sees that the demands of judgment are being made for man, and seeing the blood, the person named truth turns to the person named mercy, and they're reconciled. They meet. They meet. They have a friendly meeting.
0: We'll return with Tom Cantor in the Friendship with God radio program as we continue studying the life of Abraham in just a moment. But we wanted to take this opportunity to share with you another testimony today from Israel Restoration Ministries. Now, we had some of our Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries who were going door to door in a Jewish community recently, and they knocked on a door of a Jewish woman named Linda. Now, Linda's husband uh, had heard the gospel before from Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries about a year or so before. Now, Linda's husband immediately started telling them to stop what they were doing, which was sharing the faith with Linda. But Linda told her husband to stop interrupting them, that she wanted to hear what they had to say. One of the missionaries talked to Linda, and another one talked to her husband. Linda shared that she had been in a serious accident when she was 16 years old and had to endure years of intense therapy growing up. And Linda couldn't understand how God could allow something so tragic to happen. The missionary explained to Linda that God allows us to go through trials which can gain our attention and focus to Him. And the blessing was that He spared her life so that she could hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this intrigued Linda, and she asked more about Jesus Christ. And at first, she could see how Jesus and God were the same as the missionary went through the scriptures and was showing her that they were one And Linda understood how God became a man and fulfilled all the prophecies that the Lord Jesus Christ did. And the missionary went on to explain how the Lord Jesus Christ came in the form of a man to be the ultimate sacrifice for all of the world, and that if people didn't accept the Son, that they would die and go to hell. Now, Linda was not sure if she believed in hell at first, but the missionary went through and talked to her about the Scriptures, the Old and New Testament, and Linda was able to realize that hell was real. And the missionary also asked Linda if she wanted to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as her Messiah and Savior. And after some careful deliberation and continued study of the Scriptures, Linda finally agreed that she wanted to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. But before Linda would pray, she looked at her husband, and Linda asked the missionary if she could do it in quiet so that her husband could not hear and try to stop her. So the missionary started to pray, and Linda whispered the prayer as they looked up, her husband was looking and said, what is this whispering? Being unashamed and without condemnation, Linda continued her sincere and heartfelt cry unto God even louder so that he would hear her prayer and forgive her sins and take her to heaven and have a relationship with her. And we hear so many of these testimonies where many people are unashamed to just come out risking it all with their relationships and their family, their work as Jewish people, to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We want you to pray for Linda's discipleship, her growth, and for her to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in love and obedience. Now, this is just one testimony. And we've got so many more that we'd love to share with you. And we'd like you to support Israel Restoration Ministries and our Jewish evangelistic outreach through this radio program called Friendship with God, but also through our evangelical ministry called Israel Restoration Ministries. If you want to be a part of that, and support that ministry. You're supporting it through this radio program with your donation. Go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org after the program or right now. Or you can call us at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Return a lost sheep that the Lord Jesus Christ has lost. And what a joy to stand before him one day and said that you had a hand in supporting a ministry that was returning lost Jewish people to their shepherd. Now call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247 if you'd like to help us to return lost sheep to their shepherd, the Jewish people, 1-800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Here's Tom Cantor as we continue our teaching right here on the Friendship with God radio program.
1: And then seeing the blood, the person named righteousness turns to the person named peace and they kiss each other. That's a kiss that was felt all over the universe. And that reconciliation between mercy and truth and peace and righteousness all happen because of the blood of the cross, the blood of his cross, the blood of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So for the first time ever, now there is a great reason to do what he asked for from the cross. What did he ask for from the cross? He said, Father Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they were forgiven when he said, Father, forgive them. And if the father said to the Lord Jesus, why? Why should I forgive them? Give them a reason. The Lord Jesus would reply, it's my sinless body that's being broken for them. It's my sinless blood that's being shed for them right now. Because it's my sinless soul that's being poured out unto death. For them right now. And therefore, he could say, Father, forgive them. And the Father forgave because he saw the blood. He saw the blood. You might like to turn, because this is really all about a passage in Exodus. And so if you like to turn to Exodus twelve thirteen, or maybe you know it already. But yeah. anyway, Exodus twelve thirteen, It says, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And, see, that was the first part, see? The people in the houses, they looked at the blood. And God said, that's a sign for you. But then, he says, now for me, this is not in the scripture, but I'm just telling you this. But then he says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So not until he saw the blood did he pass over, but when he saw the blood... He passed over, and that was the blood of reconciliation that made peace, peace with God. See, the cross was all about Exodus twelve thirteen. The cross was all about, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. We can just picture the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross speaking right from Exodus twelve thirteen, with his blood flowing from him, and he's saying to God, Here, Father, do you see the blood? Do you see the blood? Here's the blood you've been waiting for. It's the blood that's flowing from me. It's my blood, Father. It's my blood flowing for sinners to spare them from judgment. It's in plain sight now, Father. Do you see the blood? Father, you said, when I see the blood, I will pass over sinners. Here's the blood, Father. Here it is. And the Father would say, yes, my son. Yes, I see the blood. I see your blood. I see your blood flowing for lost sinners so that they can be spared from hell. They can be spared from judgment. Yes, seeing the blood, I can now spare them from judgment. I can now pass over them and I do now pass over every lost sinner that puts himself under the protection of your blood. I see the protecting, God, which the Father would say, I see the protecting umbrella of your blood and I spare every hell-deserving sinner, which is all of us, who runs under the umbrella of your blood. And then from the cross, with his blood flowing, he then says, Father, forgive them. And he was really saying, Father, pass over them. Father, from Exodus 12, you see the blood, pass over them. And if God passes over sinners who flee for shelter under the blood, he's sparing them from being cast into hell. Why? Why? Because the Lord Jesus has made peace through the blood of his cross, and man and God are reconciled. They come together. Man has peace with God. So, what we see on the cross is God made flesh to die for man. What we see on the cross is the work of God as the great peacemaker. And so, what we see here, that's why peacemakers see they're called the children of God. And so, Abraham, when he says, Let there be no strife, Abraham's the great peacemaker. Now, he says in verse 8, says verse 8, he's really stretching now, Abraham, and he wants this reconciliation with all of his heart with Lot. So he says, I pray thee, I pray thee, I beg thee, I beseech thee. And the words, you know, they're words of affection. We have to look at Abraham now. This is a words of affection. He's reaching, he's stretching Abraham as he wants to make peace with Lot in a very affectionate way. And it shows how Abraham he kept his cool. There's something about land disputes in Israel that always brings up hot tempers, you know. But anyway, and he says, I pray thee. And so we can see him, Abraham reaching deep down inside him to make peace. Romans 12, 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. See, in the Greek, the you is emphatic. So the emphasis on this verse is on the word you. So as much as lieth in you, is the way you might say it, live peaceably with all men. It's all about what's lying in you, not in the other person, but in you. You know, the verse does not say, as much as lieth in others, live peaceably with all men. You know, well, I forgive him when, he's, when, he, when he comes around and says he's sorry. Not until then. Okay? Nope. Waiting for him to say he's sorry is looking for something that's lying in him. And it's looking for repentance to lie in him. But the verse says, as much as lieth in you, where the emphasis is on you, has nothing to do with the other person. So Abraham knew that if there was going to be peace between him and Lot, then it was going to have to be all about what was lying inside Abraham. So Abraham digs deep, and he finds some affection down there for Lot, and he uses these words, I pray thee, I pray thee. And we can just imagine how Abraham... And lot and they met and you know in this meeting it was a powder keg it was a powder keg waiting for a spark to explode and be much worse but Abraham he saw that he saw wrath and he says I got to turn away this wrath how am I gonna turn away this wrath and he's got it Proverbs 15:1. a soft answer turneth away wrath but grievous words stir up anger see grievous words they're either the match or the gasoline either one so we see in Abraham A man who is willing to condescend when he begged his inferior, Lot, with the words, I beg thee, I pray thee. And it's very interesting to see Abraham condescend here to Lot. And Abraham's condescension brings out that he's really focused on verse 7. See, look at verse 7. It says in verse 7 that the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt in the land. So now notice right after it says that statement, the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt in the land there, that it says right after that, Abraham says, he's trying to make peace, let there be no strife. It's as if Abraham has his eye on the Canaanite and the Parasite. the end of verse 7, when he says to Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee. It's as if Abraham is saying to Lot, Lot, let the Canaanites and the Perizzites fight it out. Let the Canaanites and the Perizzites argue, but not us.
0: Thank you for joining Tom Cantor's Friendship with God radio program today. We want to let you know that we appreciate your listenership and that this is a listener-supported station, and we do need your monthly financial support to stay on this station. Now remember that your donations to support this radio and evangelical outreach ministry are tax-deductible through Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries. You can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, That's friendshipwithgod.org, and you can help to support this radio and teaching program and evangelical outreach ministry. Friendshipwithgod.org, or you can call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now, as Christmas is approaching, just a few weeks away, actually, and Hanukkah starts on November 27th, we have a great offer for you. Tom Cantor's written a 17-page gospel tract called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. This track will help you to reach lost Jewish people as you encounter them at their business, maybe a neighbor or co-worker you know, maybe even a family member, or someone you know that's Jewish. It's a great evangelistic tool to also reach Gentiles as well. It's got a wonderful gospel message, but we have a limited supply on these gospel tracks on How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas by Tom Cantor. Now, they're available today for a donation of any amount to the Friendship with God radio program, and we'll send that to you. So call us today at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Remember, your donations are tax-deductible, so keep the Friendship with God radio program airing on your station in your city that you're listening on right now. And remember that none of your donation goes to administration support. 100% of your donation goes to keeping this teaching program on the air. But your donation amount also has matching support towards Israel Restoration Ministries and helping to reach millions of lost Jewish people with the gospel through our door-to-door evangelistic campaigns. So we go house-to-house, door-to-door. We reach millions of lost people, especially lost Jewish people. That's our primary focus, that we look for the lost Jewish people out there in Jewish cities, particularly large population Jewish cities, We send out hundreds of full-time and part-time Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries who this year alone have gone out to dozens and dozens of major U.S. cities, reaching the lost, especially God's lost nation of Jewish people, with the truth of their Messiah, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a unique radio ministry, a unique evangelistic outreach ministry, and we want you to be a part of that because there is a specific blessing from Genesis 12, 3. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We want to bless the Jewish people, especially lost Jewish people, with giving them the tools and the understanding, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they too might be saved. Go to friendshipwithgod.org, You can donate online. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can go now or after the program. Or you can call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. We'd be honored to have your support of this Jewish Evangelistic Outreach Ministry. Thanks for listening. And again, if you have any questions, 1-800-247-3051.